Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlocks big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book The Diet Myth. In modern society, we are becoming increasingly aware of our body shape and physical well-being. Dieting and weight loss have become a lifestyle. Many people follow the recommendations of nutrition experts to reduce the consumption of high-fat and high-calorie foods, reduce the intake of starch, eat more fruits and vegetables, and exercise more. But this has not reduced the likelihood of developing obesity and diseases throughout the world. According to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations 2019 State of Food Security and Nutrition in the World Report, 40 million children under 5 were overweight, 338 million overweight children were school-aged kids and adolescents, 2 billion adults were overweight. The number of patients with obesity-related diseases such as diabetes and high cholesterol is also rising year by year. Based on statistics from the World Health Organization, the number of people with diabetes has risen from 108 million in 1980 to 422 million in 2014. So, what exactly is the problem? The diet myth will debunk common misconceptions and help us understand the truth about healthy eating. The author Tim Spector is a professor of genetic epidemiology at King's College London. He is among the top geneticists in the world and has published over 800 research articles. As the director of one of the world's largest twins registries, he has been conducting a follow-up study of 13,000 identical twins around the world for 20 years with the goal of obtaining a large amount of data from comparison studies. In the book, Tim Spector uses large amounts of data and references. He combines his personal experience with data and facts in order to expose the diet myth. He analyzes the impact of fats, protein and other important dietary nutrients on health. By analyzing the effects of various diets, he discovers that many theories and methodologies about diet are wrong and misleading. He also finds that microbial diversity is instrumental in preventing obesity and maintaining a healthy body. Next, we will review the book in three parts. Part 1, The Myths of Dietary Nutrients Part 2, The Myths of Diet Methods Part 3, The Relationship Between Microbes and Diet In Part 1, let's debunk a few myths about dietary nutrients. For example, fat is widely believed to be harmful to health. Cholesterol, a type of fat in the blood is seen as a devious enemy. Frequent consumption of high-fat foods is thought to easily induce heart attack and obesity. But Spector, the author of this book points out that this is not the case. In nutrition, fat refers to any substance composed of fatty acids, which take different forms. Fat is an essential component of cells and provides energy to important organs such as the brain, thus it is necessary to sustain life. For instance, we often hear that eggs are rich in cholesterol, so a lot of people avoid eating eggs. However, cholesterol is an important building block of the cell membrane and also a raw material for the synthesis of vitamins and important hormones. It is not a harmful substance. Common types of fat include saturated fatty acids, unsaturated fatty acids, and trans fats. 
Among them, saturated fatty acids mainly come from meat and dairy products, unsaturated fatty acids come from natural vegetable oil, trans fats are synthesized artificially and primarily come from processed and fried foods. Spectre refers to fats found in diet and blood as lipids, which combine with proteins to form lipoproteins. Lipoproteins are further divided into high-density and low-density lipoproteins. Generally, the low-density lipoproteins are the ones often perceived as the bad lipoproteins, which can cause lipids to accumulate in the blood vessel walls. The buildup will lead to blockages, causing stroke or heart disease. While the high-density lipoproteins perform the function of cleaning and unblocking arteries. Therefore, when compared with the cholesterol level, the level of lipoprotein density is a more important risk index for predicting heart disease. The book also lists many specific examples which reject the claim that eating high-fat foods will trigger obesity and heart disease. Let's take a look at the following three examples. The first example is the French paradox. Meat and dairy products are high-fat foods, and the French eat more meat and dairy products than British or American people. Despite this, the incidence of heart disease among the French is only one-third of that among the British. French people on average also live four years longer than Americans. Therefore, high-fat meats and dairy products may not be the leading cause of heart disease. The second example is from the island of Crete in Greece. The geneticist El Zagini has been studying a village called Anogia in great detail. The villagers consume a lot of goat cheese and yogurt every day, and they eat goat meat regularly. However, their odds of having a heart attack are very low. Hence, it shows that eating high-fat dairy products does not necessarily contribute to heart disease. The third example is olive oil. Unsaturated fatty acids usually constitute 80% of high-quality olive oil. People in the Mediterranean region consume high-quality oil in large amounts every day, but they have not run into any health issues. Additionally, a scientific study found that olive oil can reduce incidences of heart disease, strokes, and diabetes, as well as help people lose weight. This shows that eating high-fat olive oil will not lead to heart disease and obesity. Upon hearing this you may ask, are all fats harmless to health? The answer is definitely no. Among different types of fats, trans fats are primarily the most harmful to health. Trans fats also called trans fatty acids. It became widely produced as an unintentional byproduct in the industrial processing of vegetable and fish oils in the early 20th century for use in margarine. They are widely used in processed foods, such as biscuits, pastries, ice cream, burgers, and french fries. Studies have shown that trans fats increase lipid levels, which multiplies the risks of heart disease, sudden death, and cancer. Thankfully, in recent years, the health problems caused by trans fats have received increasing attention. Many countries have reduced or even banned the use of trans fats. Now that we understand how fats work as a dietary nutrient, Let's take a look at protein. Fats and proteins are inseparable nutrients. Dietary protein mainly comes from beef, chicken, fish, and other meats. But it can also come from nuts and beans, including peanuts and soybeans, as well as some vegetables, algae, and fungi. In addition, 
Milk is also rich in protein. Many people avoid meat and milk in order to reduce their intake of protein, making beans their essential source of protein. Is this a wise move? As discussed earlier, fats in meat and dairy products are not detrimental to health. Although eating more beans, fungi and nuts instead of meat does not affect protein intake, it will result in a vitamin B12 deficiency. This is because this vitamin can only be obtained from meat. Milk is a natural and nutritious drink containing calcium, vitamin D and other nutritional elements, which are very important for child development. Therefore, it is unwise to avoid drinking milk with the aim to reduce fat intake. So, is it smart to use soy protein as a primary dietary supplement? In reality, there is a lot of controversy surrounding soybeans. Some people argue that soybeans are the king of health foods, while others insist that soybeans will lead to health problems. Soybeans are made up of approximately 40% protein and hundreds of complex components, among which exists a unique substance called isoflavones. One study found that isoflavones subtly regulate the production of hormones and may affect fertility, sperm count, and embryonic development. In the 1930s, soy protein was first extracted from soybeans. Soy protein was originally used as a firefighting foam to extinguish fires, but was later found to be edible. Two-thirds of processed foods contain a high concentration of soy protein extracted from soybeans. Spectre believes that they may be harmful to the human body. While the intestinal flora is able to interact with the complex components of natural soybeans, it cannot handle the high concentration of soy protein in processed foods. Therefore, avoiding meat and dairy products and substituting them with an excessive consumption of soy protein is not a wise move. Next, let's take a look at the myth regarding carbohydrates' role as a dietary nutrient. There are various types of carbohydrates contained in food. Our most commonly consumed carbohydrates are monosaccharides and disaccharides, which are normally called sugar. Many nutritionists believe that sugar is actually the culprit behind most health issues. The scientific name for sugar is sucrose, which is a mixture of 50% glucose and 50% fructose. Glucose is a natural source of energy and is slightly sweet. People generally do not consume it alone. However, fructose is a source of sweetness and a natural component in all fruits. Because of its negative effects, fructose has become the latest target of hatred in the diet world. In one study, in which rodents were fed a large amount of fructose, scientists found that the visceral fat of the rats increased dramatically. When the same experiment was done on humans, the test subjects showed both metabolic changes and visceral fat accumulation after a few months. Thus, the hazards of fructose to the human body deserves our attention. Today, processed foods contain large amounts of sugar. For example, a can of Coca-Cola or Pepsi contains 32 grams of sugar, a bag of toffee-flavored popcorn contains 120 grams of sugar, 98% of juice is made from concentrated juice containing a high amount of sugar, and even low-fat cereal breakfast also contains 20 grams of sugar. Processed foods have a high sugar content partly because people love to eat something sweet. But as the sugar content in processed foods increases, our tolerance to sugar also increases, and we need more sugar to satisfy our cravings. 
It leads us into an ever-increasing cycle of craving sugary foods. George Bray, a diabetes doctor pointed out the clear correlation between rising sugar consumption and rising obesity and diabetes in the U.S. Let's look at another type of carbohydrate, fiber. This type of carbohydrate exists in large molecules called polysaccharides, which either stores energy or maintains the skeleton of a plant. A wide variety of fruits and vegetables contain a large amount of fiber, which can improve the diversity of intestinal microbes, aiding the growth of good bacteria, and cultivating a healthier intestinal environment. Dennis Burkett, an Irish doctor once observed and studied the feces of people native to Africa. He found that fiber was a bulking agent and stool softener that would speed up the emptying of the bowels. It also removed the excess fat that causes heart disease and prevented both hemorrhoids and varicose veins. After talking about several of the most common dietary nutrients, namely fats, protein and carbohydrates, let's examine a few other dietary nutrients. First, we have vitamins. People nowadays take vitamins to supplement vitamin deficiencies. But do vitamins really work? In the mid-1990s, researchers conducted a series of randomized trials and found that, the trendiest antioxidants namely carotene and vitamin E had no preventive effect on heart disease. Furthermore, overdosing on these antioxidants could also increase the risk of cancer and heart failure. Another large randomized trial showed that multivitamin supplements do not have any health benefits. Beta-carotene, vitamin E, and large doses of vitamin A can even be harmful to physical well-being. Another example is folate, which is a water-soluble vitamin. In countries like the U.S., folate is added to bread and other foods, because some studies have shown that folate can prevent heart disease, cancer, and increase fertility. Additionally, most countries recommend folate supplements to be taken every day for pregnant women or those trying to conceive, as it is believed to be good for the babies. However, in 2012, genetic studies on the use of folate in dozens of clinical trials showed that it was unreliable to claim that folate had the ability to prevent heart disease and cancer. Folate was only useful in preconception for women with a folate deficiency. It can reduce the rates of spina bifida and other birth defects. Of course, a higher dosage of folate does not necessarily translate to better results. Some studies have even shown that a high dosage of folate will increase the risk of allergies, asthma, and breast cancer. Additionally, it is generally believed that taking vitamin C can prevent colds. However, clinical trials have shown that vitamin C has no effect in the prevention of colds, nor can it prevent cancer or any other diseases. Based on what we've now heard, the author Spectre believes that there is no evidence that vitamin supplements are good for health. We just need to follow a balanced diet to get enough calcium, minerals and vitamins from milk, broccoli and other foods. Finally, let's take a look at the nutrients in the chocolate and coffee that we frequently consume and their impact on our health. Chocolates contain cocoa, which is a good source of flavonoids. Flavonoids are a type of healthy substance that not only has anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects, but also affects the functions of intestinal microbes. But this does not mean that chocolate is completely healthy and harmless. 
Highly processed milk chocolate contains lots of added sugar and fats with lower cocoa content, so it does not greatly benefit our well-being. Dark chocolate with 70% cocoa however has health benefits. Coffee is very rich in fiber, polyphenols, and antioxidants, all of which are beneficial to us. Studies have shown that moderate coffee drinking can reduce mortality rate by about 8%, and the risk of heart disease by 20%. Yet the caffeine in coffee is addictive, and a high dosage can cause anxiety, insomnia, and heart arrhythmias. For these reasons, it is better to consume it in moderation. We have now covered the first part. First, we refuted the claim that fat is undeniably harmful to health. We understand the roles of fats and the health hazards of trans fats in highly processed foods. Second, meats, dairy products, beans, nuts, fungi and a few types of vegetables are rich in protein. Many people avoid meat and dairy products in order to reduce their intake of fat, and only rely on beans, fungi and nuts to supplement protein. Such an approach will lead to deficiencies of essential nutrients. We also learned that the excessive intake of sugar is bad for our health, so we have to fight against sugar cravings and eat less food with high sugar content. However, the fiber in carbohydrates is good for our health, so we should consume more fruit and vegetables. In the last section, we discovered the pros and cons of vitamins, chocolate, and coffee. Next, let's find out which diet method is healthiest. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. Get your free mind snack now.